walked past. It's been eighteen years since we played Dungeons and Dragons last. But that's fitting, because we started in 1850. Zero relation except for the number 18. Here's my balls. These are the voices we use when we play Dungeons and Dragons now. Today I will conjure the focus. <laughs> Edition. Yeah. <laughs> all the rules are different. All new campaign, all new cast, we're all strange old log. women. Everyone's playing as Dame Maggie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing as the version from Harry Potter. Who are you playing? I'm playing the one that screams. <laughs> the drum like from Yaya Sisterhood. <laughs> and, I, and I will be the magical country singer. Merle Hagrid. <laughs> oh. We're back, everybody. You know what? After great. like six weeks off. Yeah. I, oh my God. It was a long time. Yeah. <sighs> this episode of Head Dice, which is. Sorry. <laughs> episode 21 is brought to you by Rachel Watkins' birthday. Yay. Happy Let's birthday, Rachel. I'm turning 21. Rachel is 21. <laughs> for my players, do you have anything you'd like to say, Rachel, for your birthday? Um, uh, for my birthday, I would like everyone to treat themselves to treats from our sponsor, Tabletop Loot, with all our great dice that roll so well for us that we love and adore that make Ooh. our characters successful. Just like we love not. and adore Rachel. Aw, thanks. Mm. Also, it would make me even happier if you went to our store and bought some Hit Dice merch, because it's rocking and awesome, and you can put your stickers and things everywhere and get all some buttons. And when you buy the things on our website, it buys all of the players alcohol, which uh, they all have They have their alcohol provided for them today because of you guys buying some things from the store. So it's really exciting. If you head over to Tabletop Loot, you can enter the code HITDICEPOD at checkout and get 15% off your entire purchase. <sighs> and we have an official website now full of beautiful, beautiful fan art from all you beautiful, beautiful, and a few ugly ones fans. Uh, so go over there, check that out, head over to the store, buy some merchandise. It's what helps keep us on the air. It bought everybody a drink tonight. So let's all crush our glasses together and let them hear how, our, our appreciation. I'm too drunk to fish. <laughs> so many yes. Mine really, so real is in a sippy cup. You're welcome. You could probably all tell. Also, if you sent, um, if you're following us on Twitter and you sent me a story of your character um, and my request for my birthday back on June the 18th, I am working on writing some of those up and you will be hearing them in the near future. So get ready to hear your character immortalized forever on Hit Dice Podcast. Nice. Lucky you guys. I mean, you know, we're not only on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You can find us with the tag Hit Dice Pod. So if you want to. You know, maybe throw a couple more of your character stories our way. Get them over here to Callista. In the mall. Do it. Last but not least, guys, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Do it, period. I'm tired of giving you the spiel. You know the you know the pitch. <laughs> Get over there. Give us a five-star review. Let's start episode 21. Yeah. I'm your dungeon master. Some people call me Wes Cordell. Other people call me Sealer's Fine Spindle or Valna Hanali. To my right, we got Alan Clark. Playing Patches, the half-elf rogue. And, you know, I wasn't going to do character descriptions, but you guys head on over to the website. Check them out for yourself. Just look at Stop us. Stop making us work so hard. For real. Rachel Watkins. Playing Callista, tiefling bard. Uh, we got Nina Larson. Playing Adelaide, the half-elf warlock with some new powers. Ooh, That's right. Back. Power returned. Woo. Finally not useless anymore. No longer powerless. <laughs> now yes. powerful. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Ganong. Uh, playing Arl Gerwin, the divination wizard gnome. And everyone's least favorite, Caleb Hanks. <laughs> and I am changing my character since Guy on the Buffalo is the most hated character to a guy named Arcane 
Farkas. <laughs> He's a guy with three dicks, and he uses nothing but chaos magic by screaming. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Caleb Hanks. I play a guy on the buffalo. He's a human ranger. If you think about it, I feel like Guy also activates his abilities by screaming. You don't know that. <laughs> uh, so I will today, because I'm going to be drunk by the end of this episode, and I hope the viewers at home enjoy it. So if you guys like, I'll do a little recap. Recap Marino. Recap Maroon. Shit. So you guys were enslaved in the elemental plane of fire after finding out that the dragons were trying to bring about the tear fall and learning that perhaps elemental stones of power were what you needed to go find. You received a hint from the Council of Lords whose favor you won over by becoming champions of Raven's Bluff and following those rumors accidentally ended up in the plane of fire where you wrestled a nightmare to the ground and you tamed it, you became enslaved and then you escaped. You're still technically enslaved. Uh, you are running from your captors actively. They are chasing you, and you all know this because one has already shown up and attempted to kill you in the night. They were really strong. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys. Uh, a bunch of people repelled out of a building that was on fire, and Arwald did not take his uh, bracers off for a couple of reasons. One, he is interested in them. Two, uh, he came to the realization that he cannot hold this red corundum without them. Three, he wants us all to die. And he wants he wants all of you to die. And <laughs> That's my main intention. <laughs> <laughs> All good professors, too. Adelaide fell out of favor with her patron, and, you know, she just worked real hard and made that happen on the way back to Raven's Bluff. Sealeris followed you, as did Valna, another former slave in the Elemental Plane of Fire you all rescued. You all are walking toward Raven's Bluff, and as you do, a very strange, powerful pseudo-deity elf uh, called an Eldrin came to visit you all. Through this, you all found out that Valna is actually of nobility and that her family is really well-to-do and really powerful. And you all have offered to escort her home, even though she didn't really want you guys to. <laughs> you guys talked her into it. Sometimes what you want is not you what's best for you. killed Azorn, and you went to see Gruff Jim Borbelli's General Goods. And you read a sign on the wall saying that there were a couple of bounties. One caught your eye in particular. It said there was a strange earthen behemoth tearing up the countryside. You asked Jim a little more about it. And you guys collected a few pieces from the Zorn. But you know that it's been tearing up farmland. Uh, Borbelli was like, yeah, they're just right up the road. It's basically like a mile up the street from where you guys all are. It is a dirt road. It's for farming families. There aren't many houses up here. And he said their home was at the very end of uh, this dirt path. Um, Valna and Sealris are both with you. Sealris chased you from Thing is Spark Spring because you guys were so interesting. He is a well put together gnome with a uh, fine kempt red beard and hair. He has basic robes that hang down his tiny little body and he smells of forge fire and grease. Valna is a really beautiful elf. She was covered in soot from head to toe when you all found her, but you cleaned her up and she is beautiful with sharp features. When you first met her, she was timid and obviously traumatized, and just recently, only a few hours ago, uh, you saw another side of her, and she stepped into the battle bravely and recklessly and put herself in danger to help you all defeat this Zorn and to move on with your journey. Uh, we're we're going to head to the place. It's like a mile up the road to yeah. get our, our uh, reward for killing yes. what we think is the thing that was the uh, advertised. Is yeah. that the word? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. um, and are we close? Well, I guess we wouldn't know that. And hey, Volna, I know I said we'd uh, get you home pretty quickly, but we got to do, like, two things now. She said she'd give us 48 hours. Oh, yeah, that's, right. that's right. Okay, yeah. Fuck it. Do we have to, like, 
keep a part of its body to prove that we killed it or something? Uh, Callista did collect oh, did some that? of it. Yeah, okay. she did. No, I mean, for Welcome sure. to the green we need, we need money. <laughs> yeah, well, we killed this thing. Fuck. And that dude told us we could go probably Real collect broke. this shit, so. I have a lot of things I want to buy. I owe you all my life, and this is but a detour. I, I promised you all 48 hours, and as long as it's within those confines, I say no problems. Okay. Fabulous. Fabulous. Off we go. Mm-hmm. Toodaloo. And is, is like hobbling along behind all of you guys. You are walking through these woods, basically, with this little dirt trail. It's obvious that it's been carved out by these farmers and used by them because the only things you see are a few footsteps and where wagon wheels have cut into it. The woods are thick here with beautiful trees. All their trunks are different, telling stories of how they grew to be so healthy in such a tumultuous environment. Remember that this is at the bottom of the Earthspur Mountains. It seems a miracle that these woods are so beautiful because the Earthspur Mountains that surround them are completely made of rock. So it's really strange to see these trees and all of this lush plant life growing everywhere. The summer heat still beats down on the coast of the Earthspur Mountains, but you all haven't noticed it. It pales in comparison to the constant life-threatening blaze of the elemental plane of fire. As a gentle breeze rushes and rustles the tree limbs above your head, you can see birds and rodents jumping from branch to branch as all of these leaves dance gently around you while they fall to the ground. As you guys are walking up here, it's it's really not that far. If there's anything you would like to do, go ahead, but Sealrus does speak up. I know that we joined your party because we asked to, and I would just like to say that I don't expect any of the gold from the reward. Uh, I just wish you all to split it, and and hopefully it helps you all get your bracers off. He once again has that strange crossbow-like giant chunky brass metal thing strapped to his back, and it's just kind of clinking and clanking as he's walking behind you guys and it's he's obviously trying his best to keep up but this thing is like as big as he is almost and he's just like huffing and panting and sweating and just like he doesn't even lift his head up as he says this but he's just letting you guys know that he doesn't expect any of the reward thanks seems like a deal Uh, good i'm glad we're in agreement Calista's just going to go back and thank him and then just sort of lift up on the crossbow thing a little, little bit and help support. him carry it. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's pretty strong, so. Right, and as you guys are coming up through here, is there anything else you would like to do? Um, no, I'm going to send Ori up and just kind of keep an eye out around us. I'm going to do, cool. like, large circles around the group. Yeah, so as Ori goes up, you see as you are closing into the farm, it really mm-hmm. does look, like, once you're looking through her eyes, it really is strange because it seems like there's almost a perfect circle of trees growing in the midst of all of these rocky mountains, these rocky, jagged, tumultuous peaks. And as you get up, you see it's like a perfect circle of them. And there's nothing that grows outside of it. It's really strange. But in the in the middle of it, you can see little pockets where farms are and little houses. Anything in the direct middle, from what I can tell? It seems like the direct uh, middle would... Yeah, I might as well just tell you. Um, as you as you all are approaching this farm, you can see it just above you. The farm is simple and just up the road. You would notice that it's really close to the center, and this is at, this is at the end of that dirt road that you all okay. uh, were talked to about. Guy, do you notice anything fucked up about these woods? I'm about to tell you. <laughs> like I'm circle. a rogue. Nature or survival. Uh, nature. And I'm in the woods, right? You are technically in a forest. 18 plus 6. Wow, holy shit. Okay, 24. Well, maybe it's a 20. Yeah, you could do. You get advantage? You two better. Oh, is favorite that... terrain? I uh, know, with favorite terrain, he gets double proficiency. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, well. 
Wow, you guys just, why don't you, oh, do you guys want to DM? And I can just come sit over there. Uh, guy, you are, you were just, you're riding on the back of Buffalo. He's huffing and gruffing and you're not offering to carry Sealers' thing, which I think is really funny. And as, as you were walking up here, it is really strange how many different trees are growing beside each other. Like normally where trees grow, they'll, they'll, there will be giant sections of trees that encroach on others. And trees will, in a sense, fight for space based on their breed. But all of these trees are mixed, almost like they fell randomly. And they, but they're, they're all still growing very healthily. And like you're noticing some plants on trees that are like parasitic, but the trees don't seem to be dying, none of them. And all of these trees look very different and all of them look very healthy. They all look like they're at the peak of their life. And as you're looking at all these trees, it doesn't look like any of them have like aged or are rotten or anything like that. And that's really strange in woods like this. Can I roll Arcana history on Earth Burr Mountains or any like lore or yeah. something along those lines? Um, we'll see if anyone ever put some sort of curse or some shit on that. Or uh, 17. Or a blessing. Uh, a 17 arcana. I mean, or history, whichever. I don't know. Something about the Earth Burr Martins. And, or Earth Martins? Martins. Earth Burr Martins. Earth Burr Martins. The new Dark Martins. Where's the first tree of the Earth Burr Martins? Yeah, um, just because I'm kind of peaked, why this seems weird. Okay, yeah, let's go with history. You would know that it is strange, but the, the Earthspur Mountains are known for their jagged rocks and their peaks. They do span a very long way, so it's it's a pretty generic question. But you would know that certain things like this aren't unnatural in the magical world that you all live in. Like, it's really not, like, though it is strange and though you do notice it, it's not, it doesn't, like, jar you as, uh, from an arcana okay. perspective, it doesn't jar you as something. It's just, like, this is a world full of magic. There probably is something that could describe this, mm-hmm. um, but nothing, like, comes to mind. Okay. Specifically. I want to see if I can damage one of these trees. Okay. Just, I just want to see, like, if it's yeah. possible. That's because interesting. So healthy That's fine. Bite into yeah. it. Um... Do you have inspiration already? No. You you may have it. You may have it. Um. So it's just not my dog with Mark. my dagger. Fuck. Um. Well, how much you can see yeah, you're not gonna have. I'll, it's just sitting just there. Not on a fucking tree. Yeah, it's, it's stationary. It's yeah. It is a fourteen. To yeah, hit. a fourteen does hit. Uh, roll that damage. Uh, everyone roll for initiative. <laughs> Every tree in the forest. It would not be the first tree we fought this campaign. They're all ants. <laughs> that is... I'll give you sneak attack since this tree doesn't know you're coming. That's a... S- <laughs> well, that's a six. Sure? And then with sneak attack... Trees have eyes. That's an eight and a nine. Okay, so nine total. Patches, he walk, you guys see him walk over. He pulls out that dagger with the emerald hilt that he stole from uh, that rogue you all met so long ago from the Hellhounds. And you jab it into this tree just as hard as you can and as deep as you can. And this dagger gets pretty deep. And as you get it out, you pry it. And you pull this tree open. You all can hear it creak as this dagger is inside of it as the fibers of this wood are pulled apart. And you start to realize that as you're prying it, it feel, it's, like, it's like it's not prying at all. And you realize really quickly it's closing around that dagger. And it's getting hard to pull it out. And at the last second, you pull that dagger out. And you all see this tree just like... Just pull back together. Yeah, so we need a sample of this. The never-ending Woody. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I w- fascinating. We should turn this into a pill and see if it helps anyone um, with any issues. <laughs> any uh, issues. <laughs> yeah, with growing stuff. I already saw that, right? Yeah, everybody yeah. saw what happened. Okay. Um, cool. Could you? I'm gonna pull out like one of my empty bottles. Could you like see if you can get a little chipping or like a shaving of that tree and put it in here for me? Sure. Please, like, thank you. Like a piece monk. of bark or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. 
Yeah. To look like there's any animals around here, I'm gonna roll nature again. That's a uh, 17. Yeah, with a 17, uh, so Patches and R will walk over and they collect a sample of this tree. You do cut it off, and what piece you get off, you put in this bottle. And as you put it in this bottle, it just stays perfectly preserved, perfectly moist. It's really strange, but it stays in there, and then the tree that you cut it from like creaks and groans back together, and it has that same weird zebra like striped bark that it has like red mixed throughout it, and it just like closes itself back up completely. You do notice some animals around here. You notice that there are many, many birds. There are many, many rodents. And it seems like uh, with a 17, there are a lot of them. There are like a whole lot of them. Should we go to the farmhouse? Yeah, let's go. I'm going to buddy up with Silurus and talk about how awesome this is and be cool if you could extract an oil out of it so your mechanical objects never like rust down or something. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, an interesting hypothesis, Professor. Uh, yes, perhaps we should cut, we should collect more than just this little bit. Uh, just in case your friends ruin it? I mean, I have another empty bottle if you want to grab some more. Oh, he's like, oh, I've got bags. And he like, pull, he, like pulls, he like pulls a satchel off the side of him. And you all see him like chipping away at it. And as you guys are all checking this out, you're looking at the animals, you're collecting these samples, patches, is maybe like stabbing a few other trees. Um, Silrus does collect a few branches. He breaks them off and he puts them into just like little twigs that he could bundle up in his hand and he wraps them up. And as he does, you all see them just grow right back. And where trees normally grow toward the sun and everything, they grow back identically to how they look before they split at all of the same points. Do the severed branches continue to grow? No, they don't. Uh, once they once they are separated from uh, the tree, they don't seem to grow anymore, but they do seem sustained for now. Cool. Um, like awesome. The scavenge for a potato. I'm going to tell Silver's, I'm going to do it too, uh, maybe get some soil samples too. Oh, of yeah. course, of course, of course. And uh, he bends down and he goes to dig into the soil, and as he does, he pulls the soil up, and you all can see it. It's in his hands, and his fingers, though the soil is hard and packed, they just go right into it. And as he pulls it out, that healthy earthen green on the top, he pulls it up, and you can just see the moisture glistening inside of this midnight black soil that he's holding in his hands. And it looks like stars are sparkling through it, just the way that all of these little silver droplets are sparkling on the inside of it. And uh, and he's like, very good, very good, Professor. Uh, once again, uh, you, once again, your insight and your knowledge prove very useful. And he, he gets a bottle and he dumps some of it into it and he corks the top, thump, and uh, he puts it into his satchel. And he's like, uh, perhaps you should get some samples of your own. I did. Looks All like right. chocolate yeah, cake. So you guys have some sticks and dirt. Are we done sciencing now? We all know how much I love a bottle of dirt. <laughs> uh, a small opening appears after a short walk through the forest. A thick tree trunk riddled forest opens up to a small home and a quaint farm. A small fence encircles the property, and there are three buildings inside of it. They are all obviously handmade, but very well handmade. A few people can be seen milling about in a field that, upon closer inspection, seems to have been disturbed in a very violent way. The fence around it is splintered, and the ground is torn up, and it has a strange color, like an enormous tree was dragged through it. The Earthspur Mountains are a really strange backdrop to this farm, and its rocky peaks are just, like, really sharply coming up from over the soft, bright green, healthy soil that these farmers are tilling. A single, small, grassy knoll can be seen at the bottom of these mountains, and it looks just as healthy as everything else. The only strange contrast here is this torn-up fence and where they seem to have been tilling this farmland. It's just completely ripped and torn up. I'd like to walk up to the people who are working in the field and greet them heartily. 
Okay. Um, a woman turns around. She has weathered skin, and she doesn't look like she's that old, but her skin is certainly weathered. She is from head to toe in a dress, and she has it hiked up over her knees, and this dress is just covered in dirt. Her hands and her feet, and she does have a pitchfork, though it's only a two-pronged pitchfork, and it's really crudely made. She has one of those bonnets that they wear. You know what I'm talking about? Um, she's got one of those white bonnets over her. Her clothes are conservative. They cover her body, but they also look tough and like they would be able to work through all of this. She wipes her brow as she turns around and as she does, you just see the mud on her hand or the dirt on her hand become mud as it wipes across the sweat on her head. And she just says, well, oh, well, hello. Uh, can, can we help you strangers? It looks like you've had some trouble here. What's going on? Oh, are you here about the posting from Borbellies? We are? Is this the result of that creature that you were dealing with? Yes, it is. It is about time someone came up here and took care of it. Let me get my husband. He's He, he knows more about it than I do, and we can both talk to you and tell you what we know. Okay. Uh, and she, she turns around. She doesn't go to the house. She just turns around and put, cups her mouth over her hand, and she goes, Vernon, get your ass out here now! Like and you see, you see this man walk out, and he has, he has this really big beard. He has a tunic that looks like a vest that's heavy and quilted in leather, over really simple clothing. He has a leather cap over his head with just a little bill on it that seems to be there to keep the sun out. But his cracked... Nice. His cracked (laughs) cracked dry nose is obviously sun damaged for many, many years. You can see the lines through it. And as he comes out, he's like, Darn it, Rebecca, I'm coming! And he's like, who are they? And she's like, I don't know! She's like, who are all (laughs) y'all? We are but lowly travelers who just killed your beastie. They said they done killed it! Vernon, they said they killed it. And he's like, oh, well, that is good news, Rebecca. And you see him take his hat off, and he comes running over to you guys. He comes running up, and uh, you see two small faces pop from around the door of the house that he was just in. And they're, all, they're both just, like, looking at you and giggling and whispering to one another. They're moving from the window of this simple home to the door as they're looking back and forth at all of you. And as this man runs up, he goes, he goes, uh, hey, y'all, I'm Vernon. And this is my wife, Rebecca. How you doing? Uh, interesting party you guys have here. And that's a... And he looks over at Buffalo. He lifts one of his ears up. He grabs a handful of his fur, and then he smells his hand after it. He walks around and looks behind him. And then he's like, that's a healthy-looking beast you got there. How much would you part with it for? Mm, you got a million bucks? I don't know what bucks are, like a deer. Yeah. I don't think a million bucks is worth one buffalo. I don't know. That's a lot of deer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you ever come to a price on it, you let me know. I could use a beast like this on my land. Highly doubtful, but thanks for the uh, compliment on Buffalo. He's kind of a big old badass bitch. Well, we do appreciate you all coming to help us on our farm. Uh, what are your names, if you don't mind me asking? I'm Guy, and these are the Jackson Five. <laughs> There's four of us. Silver is like, um, there are six of us. <laughs> oh, sorry, little buddy. I forgot you were here. <laughs> Hashtag continuity. <laughs> well, you are tiny in my defense. My name's Arbel. I'm Adelaide. <laughs> Hi, Callista. My name is Peter. He's like, oh, Peter. Uh, yes. That's that's a good name. I like that one. And uh, and then Volna bows to them. She does not disclose her name, and uh, she always goes, a "Professor Finespindle, Finespindle from uh, Thing of Spark Spring, like a day's journey uh, to the north." And he's like, "Oh, it's a pleasure seeing you all here. So, uh, what what business do you have with me and my family?" We just like to collect the bounty from this badass creature that we destroyed. It uh, was not easy to do, and so I'm sure you'll be paying full price. I believe the agreed amount was four thousand. Gold. Well, we only have a thousand gold to give, but if you sh- if you truly killed it, you know, 
that's the best news. We've been debating over whether we just need to up and leave or if we need to just pay a bounty to have her removed. Do you, There's have, no any, do you have any gems that you think it was looking for? Why would it be after gems? It likes to eat gems, particularly powerful gems. So if you have... Well, I think we might be getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Can you describe for None us that. what has been terrorizing you? Oh, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a plague, and and we've been debating over whether to stay or to go or to pay a bounty. But this land is the best land my family's ever had. It's been good to us. Everything always grows. We almost don't have to even do anything. We just put the seeds in the ground and they grow right up. It seems pretty amazing. It's good money and it's easy work and it feeds my family. Then we're a little smaller now than we used to be, but uh, it yields healthy crops and we seldom have to do anything about it. And he he turns around finally, and as he turns around, he just he looks and then he turns back to you all and his eyes are squinted and he's like, I don't think, uh, I don't think you all took care of it. I think you're trying to swindle me. Bullshit. Show him the goods, Calista. You pull out the pieces I've got. I say, we know we killed something. We think it matches what's been bothering you. If you can describe for us what's been bothering you, we can confirm that. He turns around and he looks at the Earthspur Mountains behind him. They're just behind this farm in the clearing where these uh, trees don't go all the way up. And he looks back to you guys and... He says, you see that grassy knoll right over there? Mm -hmm. Sure. He's like, it came out of that. Does it travel through the earth? I don't know. It can come out of any part of the earth. We didn't encounter this beast far from here. Yeah, and Rebecca looks back at it and she's just like, I think you all might be a little confused. Uh, This thing doesn't move through the earth. It is the earth. I mean, that's basically what this thing was. Yeah. It's just a matter of how you describe how it gets around. Did it have, like, three arms and a giant... Big old eyeball, lots of big teeth. Oh, team. no, oh. <laughs> Gods, no. It was more like a It was more like a hill that moved through our land. This is kind of an aside. I'm going to tell them. It is weird that things are, like, damaged when the Zorn moved through. Nothing True. changed. True. So it might not be the same creature. Um, doesn't uh, sound like it is. Yeah. Also, have you ever encountered on... Your property or around maybe some sort of big orb gem looking thing. Any weird rocks? Uh, and yeah, you say weird rocks and Rebecca speaks up and she goes, no, no, nothing like that. Does she seem weird? Insight. Yeah. How do I do? Oh, Lord, five. True to fashion. Yeah. I rolled a ten. Wow, you guys are good. You guys are inclined to believe her. So you say this thing is like the size of a hill. It's like really, really big. And Vernon speaks up. Well, truth be told, we haven't actually seen what happens. It only happens at night. And by the time we know what's happening, the thing's already fled. But all I know is that that hill hasn't always been there. And whatever it is has to be connected to the ground or something because there's never any holes and there's never anything running through the fields after we come out to see what's happening it just kind of disappears and does this happen sporadically or does this happen like every night uh it it happens sporadically but something's destroying our land and i think it's on purpose we can't make a living even with the fertile crops like these if we got nothing to sell i have uh uh, something i'd like to discuss with my friends here but uh, another uh question as an entrepreneur myself I would uh, like to see if you would ever feel like uh, sectioning out or renting a piece of your property for a business endeavor, which I think would be also mutually uh, beneficial to you and your family. I don't know much about fancy business stuff, but uh, what did you have in mind? Well, here's the deal. I have a really good buddy. His name is Mr. James Cabbage, and he has some friends back east that have a really kick-ass brewery. 
They make some of the best wine you have ever had, and I think ground like this could make some money for all of us. If you would be willing to rent out some of your property to grow some wine on it and sell some of that stuff. Grow wine? Grow, <laughs> grow some grapes, you it's bitches. It's really magical. It's real magical. He's like, I'll tell you what, I'll consider it if you all can prove that you've taken care of this problem, because me and my family have suffered enough. Here was the second part of my idea. If you would allow us to maybe hang out for a, hang out for a night, see if it if if it pops up, and if we kill it, we get the thousand gold from this dude. Do you think it is possible that there is an earth elemental gem that is making this place so fertile? Possibly. I think that's possible. Which we um, can use. I'm that. gonna go ahead and start tracing in the ground to take magic. The ground, there's, you guys are standing on the tilled farm ground. It's very soft. It looks very much like the dirt that you all found in the forest. And Arwell, I mean, this is untilled. This is destroyed. And so you clear a few of the, the wood debris, and then you start to draw this circle in it. And it's this familiar circle, and you guys have all heard its hum a million times at this point. But as this thing lights and begins to glow, you all see this knowledge pour into Arwell. And very similar to how he looks through Ori's eyes, a similar expression comes over your face. There is magic pulsing through the ground here. Big surprise. Can I see, I know I see like a faint aura. Mm -hmm. Is there like a stronger aura in, aura in any particular? Sure, yeah, and you would know that this is, uh, it would be it would be transmutation magic, mm -hmm. but within 30 feet, you would notice that not exactly where this little grassy knoll is, but like just to the left of it, you're feeling something really strong. Like it feels like everything's pulsing out from there. I relay this information. I'd like to roll nature and I would like to see if I see any sort of like track marks, any sort of path, any sort of like if there is some sort of center to where all of this is stemming from. Sure. In the ground. Mod 20. Uh, yeah, wow, with Mod 20, you would notice that where this fence is destroyed, as you start, you start, you get really close and you begin looking for tracks. You don't notice any other than your own. And then as you go to stand up to be like, there's nothing, you realize that where this fence was destroyed, it is a track. Huh. And that it's this huge dragging mark that comes out from where this uh, little tiny grassy knoll is. And that it drags all the way out there and the grass seems to have been destroyed up until that point. But after a certain point, it just like reconnects and it's like nothing ever touched. Does it so it seems like it came from over at the grassy knoll or the Earth Spur Mountains and down into this farm. Right. And it just seems like one single track. It doesn't seem like anything like emanating in a large radius. That's right. It seems like some, it, like, almost like, if you will, a meteor like hit into the ground. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Um, can I see if I can find a central point where, and just look, not walking over to it, but just like kind of scouting? Yeah, you would know where I'm pointing. Um, with a 20, you would look right to that grassy knoll. You so would I think would it's either coming from there or up in the mountain behind it. The giant track definitely comes from that way. And Arwell, you would be, you would actually be feeling something just to the left of it. Since, okay, we're, kind of, look. since we're talking yeah. to the people right now, I'm not gonna immediately relay this information. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to necessarily tip them off to it. Um, I am not telling them necessarily, but after I've kind of relayed part of it, I was like, I'd love to go investigate that. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'll just say to Vernon. Mm -hmm. Well, we might be interested in trying to take out this creature for you because we are skilled uh, bounty hunters and 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 hunters in general. So if you don't mind. We might be interested in taking up the job, so can we survey the land and maybe we could take care of this thing? And he goes, he's like, <laughs> he starts to talk and Rebecca goes, quit your bumbling, Vernon, of course you can look at the land. If you find something out there, you let us know. 
Sounds like a plan. Let's just get around and we'll say, we'll come back and tell you what we find here. And yeah, she says, make your way back quick. We're going to go inside and take care of the last two kids we have. Jacob and Elizabeth are probably scared to death just because some weird strangers are standing out here. Last two kids you yeah. have. We had two others. They And she, like, you see her get sullen for a second. Like, mm-hmm. that, hard, that hard attitude she's had the whole time starts to fade as she says this. And she's like, Vernon, you tell him. And she just keeps walking back toward the house. And Vernon goes, we had four kids out here. Uh, we had two girls and two boys and... Our oldest girl and our oldest boy just disappeared one night. Don't know what happened to him. Uh, the oldest girl first, and then not long after, our oldest boy. Now all we got left is uh, Rebecca and Jacob, so Rebecca's mighty protective of him. You understand. Sure. Heard. Well, we'll be back in a little bit, and we'll let you know what we find. All right. We'll go inside, and we'll, we'll watch after the, the children. Uh, y'all just make yourselves at home and come in if you figure anything out. We okay. appreciate you, Vernon. We may have more questions for you at some point. All right, so I'm going to keep this up for the 10 minutes. So as, sure. as, as you're walking up, you do notice it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and as you're approaching this hill, it seems to be like just the closer you walk, though you're feeling that really strong presence just to the left of this hill, it doesn't feel like you're getting closer to it, but it feels like you're walking in the right direction. And I tell these guys as soon as Vernon walks away with everything that I've seen. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to bring Ori to my shoulder. I'm going to look through her eyes. I get advantage. Um, I'm going to look and see if maybe perhaps where the energy is coming from as compared to the hill looks like it might be like the head or an eye or something like that. Sure. Associated with it? The mountains. 16. Yeah, as you look over, you're looking and you do notice something. And you're. it's very similar to Guy's experience. Uh, you said you got a 16, right? Mm-hmm. It's very similar to Guy's experience. You're looking around and then you notice that right at the bottom, like as you're looking up, you're looking and looking and looking. And you're like, I don't see anything beside this thing. But as you're looking up, you notice that where these mountains look like a sheer wall that go all the way up to these really mighty, strong, pointed peaks. There actually is a little divot at the bottom where it separates, and you don't notice it until you start to move really closely to it. And as you guys are getting closer, you're not quite up to this grassy knoll or anything yet, but as you all are walking up toward it, you notice, Arwell, that there's a little space right there in between some of the rocks. Can Ori fly in that shit? Yeah, um, she can, for sure. Um, I'd like to send her through, and I'm just going to yeah, look through her eyes, obviously, and prepare up to about 120 feet because I'm gonna be able to tell her to prepare for to your saper. owl to burst into flames. I want, to, I want her to be able to. I want <laughs> her to go into a, rock. a pocket dimension <laughs> as soon as if I see anything funny. Okay. So I'm only, only gonna go 120 feet out. Ugh, five, six. I'm sorry, six. Yeah. So you're trying to go into that little divot that you saw. You fly her into that, and as you do, you notice she gets really far into it, and she can get 100 feet away from you and still communicate to you. Yeah, and then, but then within 100 feet of her, she can still see out from there. So as she's flying through this, she would definitely be able to get up and into it. You would notice that there is a small tiki-like pillar in the, in the small crevice that is down this thing. It seems carved and intricate, but it's just on the edge of her vision. And uh, she stops, and she's just flying there, and you would know that if she went any further. You can't really tell any details, mm-hmm. but if she were to go further, you would... Uh, I'm going to bring her back. connection with her. Yeah, okay. I'm going to bring her back. Just like, <laughs> are you yeah, letting her? Yeah. yeah. You guys see Ori just like pocket dimension out and right beside Arwell. Uh, she is back on his shoulder. Do you tell us this stuff? Yeah, of course. Do you want to just go over there and look? Yeah, I mean, it shit. looks like a totem pole. This is, I think, your area of expertise. Let's roll up into here. Okay. 
How is everyone looking health-wise? Uh, uh, great. Um, I'm gonna I go ahead and... I honestly do not know. I don't know if it's still up, actually. No, it's not. Um, I'm gonna I'm cast this to make on myself. Okay. I've got 16. Arwul's walking up, and he's, he's like, gritting his teeth, and like, I don't know, and he casts mage armor on himself. And Silrus looks over, and he takes your cues, and he pulls he pulls that gun over, and he, his, he pulls his contraption over and realizes Callista's hands on it, and he's like, oh, um... Thank you. <laughs> and he he, pull, he he like holds it in front of him, and he's looking around really cautiously. Volna strides in confidently and gracefully. Her hand's still at her side, and she's just like her eyes seem to be really sharply focused. She's been listening to all of you this entire time, and uh, she does speak out, and she just says, "Sounds like elf magic to me." How so? Yeah. Perhaps a god or goddess of the forest. I'm unsure without seeing more, but you would think fair. that it is more so an entity rather than an item. Providing this energy, uh, these things aren't so simple. Uh, I heard it really not necessarily separate. It. Yeah, it could be both. A good True. point, Professor. True. And as you all are walking up, a gust of wind travels down the Earth Spur Mountains and pushes through you and the trees. It's the first chill you all have felt in a very long time. It's almost alien compared to the city of brass. It is refreshing and it lets you breathe. It causes all the hair on your body to stand up and all, you get little goosebumps all over your body. The breeze shuffles the trees gently and the hill before you sways lazily in the breeze, this grass on it. Then it stands up. It creaks and groans and breaks and a dozen tiny little spastic bushes all come running out of the bottom of it. They move freakishly quickly toward all of you, and as they're all moving toward you, you notice the hill has a head, and it looks over your way, and as it's creaking and rising, five of the bushes behind you, they stand up too, they're going to get a surprise attack on everyone. That sounds right. Initiatives, <laughs> patches. Oh my god, to me. Okay, initiatives. Fucking shit. Um, after we get everyone's initiative, <laughs> we'll, after we get everyone's initiative, which sounds really bad so far, we'll, um... I'm going to lay down in the grass and sun myself now. Yeah. <laughs> I was standing in the bush. <laughs> I don't see a thing. <laughs> What's going on? All right, Patches. 14. Mm-hmm. Callista? Um, four, but that's with rolling a one. Oh, natural one. You get a frowny face. Mm-hmm. Adelaide? Ten. Ten. Arwell? Five. Five. Guy. Nine. Good job, guys. <laughs> We're only going to just wait and let We're, them do what they do. We're <laughs> back in action, y'all. Maybe our most tremendous <laughs> foe we've fought so far, and we are rolling like pros. Mm-hmm. Professional. I've got to have some good rolls coming up. Yeah, you got the bad ones out of the way, guys. Wow. There are four initiatives of five. Arwul, what is your dex? Three. Woo! All right. You'll be before all these nerds. Good. <laughs> all right, y'all. As you all are making your way over to this thing that Arwell has told you about, this hill stands up, and it has a little semblance of a face Ooh. as it stands up in front of you. Wow. These vines, these vines curl around it. You can see skeletons <gasps> wrapped up inside all the vines that make its muscle sinews. You can see the, some splintered wood from the fence post Ew. that it has splintered at this farm. Its teeth are made of some kind of weird stone and roots, and you can see some strange semblance of a head and mouth on it as it stands up. These tiny, spindly, gross, little, almost humanoid bushes. Some of the bushes seem like regular bushes at first, but then when they start to run toward all of you, they 
like you notice they have little humanoid forms and they're moving really quickly across Tiny this groups. field. You see, yeah, they look like little Groots, really, they do. They really look like Groots. Um, they look like little mean Groots. And as you see them coming toward you, you see the twigs and the vines on their arms starting to point out and sharpen as they're like running really quickly. As you all are paying attention to this, the five bushes that were behind you stand up too, and no one's passive perception rolled their perception, neither did Arvel's active perception when he was looking at um, the field, and so they're all going to get surprise attacks. Um, all five of you have one on you, and so we'll, we will start with uh, Patches. For the that cars. is a 12, which does not hit. Callista, that's a 17, that does hit. which does hit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna take five bludgeoning damage from Ooh. this thing. Okay. Adelaide, that is a 15, which yes. hits. You take five bludgeoning damage as well. Oh, Arwell, as the one that is closest to you is running up and at you, mm-hmm. it's you turn around toward it and Ori like screeches in your ear. And as she does, you turn and though these are on your friends, you see this one and you really quickly take that glove. And these things are small. They really are very tiny, like baby size, a little like, bigger, like toddlers. My size? Uh, a little smaller than you. Okay. And as it jumps up, you take that metal glove and you just swat this motherfucker into the ground. It is, it's gonna be prone as it's lying on the ground and like twisting nice. and using its roots to stand up. Cool. Do you want me to give it a number? Uh, guy, that is absolutely gonna hit you. And two. that is two bludgeoning damage as oh, this thing yeah. comes up and swats you. So everybody take that into account. And as all of this is <sighs> happening, this strange hill of a creature is just moving toward all of you. And as it moves, let's see. This is gonna move as far as it can, but it can get all the way up to patches. And as this thing moves up to patches, this little twig hits you, and then this thing, you all see it stand on its hind legs, and it is enormous. Its shadow casts over all of you. The cool breeze is stopped on its back. You hear it gurgle and creak like wood, and then its body just like falls over Patches. You can no longer see him. Uh, Patches, you need to make a strength saving throw. A strength. Strength check. Make a strength check. It's not a thing because of the braces, right? Is that strength and dex? Nat 20. Bullshit. Are you serious? So, you guys. 20 brought to you by Tabletop. You guys see this thing's body just over top of Patches, and then you see all of those muscles and vines constrict onto this small spot where Patches was standing. Patches, you manage to, at right when it stands up, you look between its legs, and as it comes over you, you dive like perfectly and come out the other side of this thing as these vines are wrapping around you. <laughs> and you all see Patches on the other side of this thing. Uh, so uh, if that's okay, I would like to place you on the other side of this thing. Sure. Um, it's also advantageous for you, uh, so it works out. So this thing does just like try to use its entire body to engulf patches, and as it does, uh, it's just unable to do so. And um, as it happens, it does swing its arm back toward you. Uh, but it is not Yeah. Um, and that is, it's a 15. Nope. Okay, um, and this arm swings, Patches ducks behind it, and you look up and this giant tree trunk of an arm is coming back toward you, and you duck under that as well, and like Patches is really just playing like cat and mouse with this thing at this point. And Patches, you are actually up. I'm going to, I'm not, like I, I wouldn't get an attack of opportunity because I'm behind it and not within five feet, right? Right. I mean, yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm heading toward the ledge that is behind this thing and really on the other side of where all the 
Is this Actually, a lead down? Bad shit. All right, so I'm, I can, with my fast hands, I can climb mm-hmm. without... As fast as you can move. I can climb as fast as I can move. So you're just dashing. So I'm going to go an additional 15 <laughs> feet up this ledge. That's so cool. So you guys see Patches just like dive between this thing as it comes after him, and he's ducking to the side, one and then the other, as these arms are swinging. And then you all see him turn, and his cloak is just flowing behind him. And then you, the Earth Spur Mountains rise behind this giant, shambling creature as this hill is coming toward all of you. And you see Patches' body just... <laughs> <laughs> like really quickly up here the in mountains. So yeah. I'm gonna start trying to pick off the little guys. Okay. Um, so there's one that's kind of. How are you gonna do that while you're climbing? Yeah. I'm stopped climbing. Yeah, it's a sheer face. You're having to hold on. Yeah, to there's like a few rocks sticking out. Like you can't. Magic, Wes. This is, <laughs> this is the game of imagination. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. I forgot. <laughs> um, is so is. So up here mm-hmm. is like a flat ledge. Yes. Like just, okay. And then up till there, it's almost sheer. Fuck it, I'll dash up to. Yeah, the you see patches horrifyingly quickly, like <laughs> like run up this thing, almost like he's running oh, on I his can feet. Dash is a fucking bonus action. Fucking rogues. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna use my cunning so action to dash. Nice. And fuck hate. I'm gonna fucking s- hate rogues. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Like I said, picking off these little guys. So mm-hmm. there's one over here, kind of by himself, and I'm gonna shoot it. That is... Adelaide's on deck. A 17 to hit. Uh, that hits. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye, you little bitch. Sweet. That's 11 damage. Yeah, so... <laughs> Patches, he gets up... He, you see him really quickly. It's pretty epic, actually. He dives out of the way of this hill as it's swinging at him. As it tries to engulf him, he quickly climbs up this hill, turns around, knocks an arrow, and as it splits through this weird little needle blight, this thing explodes. Just... Like it rips its body to pieces, and this thing is gone. Cool. I just yell, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> Adelaide smiles at her finger as it is coursing with power again, and um, she says to herself, "For the Frost Maiden," and brings her finger around her head, and all of the Adelaides come out. Oh, Adelaide! I am bored. <laughs> <laughs> missed you, kid. Yeah. And that's what I've got. So there are two Adelaides that look just like three. an Adelaide. There are three Adelaides. There are four total. Oh, you Adelaides. rolled high? No, no, no. It's just automatic three plus me. Oh, right. So there are three Adelaides. That's what I meant beside you. And one Adelaide. Right. And, and one of them, one one doesn't look just like Adelaide. The fourth has like socks and sandals on and a little bit of a beer gut and is like already giving you guys advice. Hawaiian uh, shirt. Yeah. Uh, and as, as Adelaide shows up, he, he goes, uh, what kind of party are you guys having? This looks like a real eldritch blast. <laughs> <laughs> Calista writes that one down in her book. (laughs) (laughs) And then burns her book. (laughs) Vicious Marguerite. Amen. Anything else, Adelaide? Uh, That's all I can do. Guy is up. I would like to roll a nat 20 on a... Okay, go ahead. bow launching. At which one? Into the main uh, hill with eyes. Big daddy plant face. Big daddy plant face. Was it close? Is it a one? Is it a one? Oh! So you guys see Guy, and he was talking to you about this before now. He was like, I am going to turn this next thing we find into a crab. And Guy rears this bow back, and as he does, he gets a pinpoint on it. And right before he knocks it, the bow is a little broken. And maybe you got used to that, and you didn't knock it just right. Yeah, but like maybe you got used to its bent state. And so you didn't knock it just right, and this arrow falls. And as it falls, you hear the twang of that bow. Guy is now a crab. 
sweet. <laughs> so there's a little crab on top of Buffalo, and this bow falls to the ground. Uh, the arrow is like stuck into it, but you just see this little crab like pinching at Buffalo. <laughs> at, least, at least I don't speak with animals. Oh, God. You have all the stats of just a regular crab. I know. <laughs> At least it happened. <laughs> so we just have to kill the crab for him to come back? We kill no, the I crab, we kill him. Probably. Oh, is that how that works? I thought it would be probably, like a polymorph. We'll have to find a cleric. Sorry, Patches. All right, whatever. All right. Yeah. Uh, Volna is up, and as she comes up, she walks into the fray of this battle. Girl. All of these little yep. twigs are right in front of her, and she walks around. She does take an attack of opportunity from this thing, and she doesn't look at it as she walks by. She just walks by it. Um, so it is going to get advantage on her for not paying attention. It's going to hit her, and it's going to do... A whopping two damage. The big thing or the? The little thing. Okay. And then as it hits her, it just scratches at her leg, and you can see just a little bit of blood drawn, but she doesn't even seem bothered by it. She turns around with her hand really quickly behind her, and you'll see this green, slimy energy come up her arms, and she just lashes out at this little thing as it's standing beside her. Uh, she absolutely hits it. She extends her hand. This green, gross ichor comes out, and as it does, this little brush just explodes as this ichor wraps around all its little branches and melts through it. You can hear these strange little creaks and screams as it does so. Arvel's up. Okay. And Sealers is on deck. Callista, you're coming up sometime. <laughs> Taking a potion is just a bonus action, right? Drinking a potion is a standard action. Unless you have fast hands. Unless you have fast hands. <laughs> Unless you have Patches so is smart fast. enough to put it in his mouth and drink it while he shoots his bow. <laughs> also, guy looks delicious. Um, yeah, you guys are running oh, low crap. on those crab right. rations at this point. And I'm going to come around to the left of the shambling giant greenery thing mm -hmm. with all the little guys beside him. I'm going to get kind of probably like 10 feet out, um, and I'm going to drink my fire breath potion. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. You guys see Arwell take out this tincture that you all found a long time ago in an underwater dungeon, and he takes the top off of this crystalline flask. It looks like a decanter. It's really beautiful. The liquid inside of it looks like a perfect ruby, the way that it sits inside of this. And just really quickly, as he turns it up, you realize that glass is very thick, like on a lot of bottles of wine, how they trick you. And it just it's like one sip. It's like... And it's gone, and Arwell, you feel this heat. That elemental plane of fire is rushing back to you quickly, but it's coming from inside instead of outside. And as he drinks this, he puts it back down, and you see Arwell look at you, and you guys can see smoke just pouring out of his mouth. Uh, it does not burn you or anything, but uh, it is an intense heat. And you still have the anyway, because right? my, yeah, the red corundum as mm -hmm. well. Um, yeah. Oh, I see what's happening. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, anything else, Arwell? Uh, that will do. Cool. Um, I'm going to ask if anyone has any oil or anything like that, feel free to throw it on, too. I already used my yeah, oil. Just, yeah, but like, <laughs> I'm going to light it up. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Light it light up! Light it up. <laughs> uh, all right. Sealers is standing in the back. You see him go, okay, all right. Uh, oh, yeah. This, this one's for you, Patches. I'm, I'm going to get it this time. And he sits down. He clanks that big thing onto his leg. He's once again crouched. He is in a prone position, technically. But uh, he pulls that trigger, shink, and as he does, he just lets three of these things loose. And 
the first one of these uh, little twig things, it just goes right through it and you see the smoke coming up and his body rips apart. The second pushes into the ground as he's turning it toward another one. And then the third one, he finally gets it down and it just like right through this little nice. creature as well. And both of them are just blown away as uh, he uses this thing. You do see those arrows, uh, those bolts in the ground, they sizzle and they steam and then just, you see the ground like where those things landed and got stuck in it. And the two that hit the twig blights, their little bodies just explode into these little twig confetti clouds. <laughs> and then the twig blights are up. There's only four left. This one's falling over. He's prone. prone, right. And so he's going to use his movement to stand back up and seeing Sealris, he turns and runs, and Sealris will get a hit on him, technically. But uh, as he goes to, yeah, he just like punches out, he just slaps out at it as it runs by. Um, woo! <laughs> he's like, he goes to hit and he's like, no. And then he just like goes back to, he goes back and gets ready to start reloading his thing. <laughs> Two are coming after Adelaide. You I roll a d20 if to see if it's okay. something. So they will both get advantage, though, is my point, right? No. Oh, if they're flanking me, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is going to hit you. The second one is not going to hit you. As these little see things just... the first one hits me. Okay. Yes, it does not hit me. It hits an Adelaide. Get rid of it. Goodbye. That's a really good spell. I think it's spell. safe to assume. It's a really great spell. Adelaide yes. is always the last to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Adelaide A he disappears. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know when he's overstayed his welcome. No, he can't tell at all. <laughs> and then the other two are attacking. Aww. Wait, who's that? Oh, that's Arwell. Um, the other two are attacking Arwell and Volna. They are going to get advantage on you. The first one is going to hit you, Arwell. The second 16. one is, yeah, the second one is going to hit you as well. And then the third one is going to go after Volna, and it is going to hit her. So you guys are both getting hit. Arwell, the first one hits you, and you're going to take a total of four bludgeoning damage. The second hits you, and you take five, so nine total. Uh, and then Volna is going to take four bludgeoning damages. These little things just run up all around you and they're surrounding Arwell and Volna over near the farm and their little their little arms are just scratching out and hitting you. And it just feels like really someone's hitting you with a great club, like is how it feels when their little mm -hmm. arms are just like slamming into you. There's actually crab stats in the book. Yeah, yeah crab stats. They might be in the player's handbook. I didn't yeah. know though. I, think I they will are. now read about my stats. Oh, your newfound stats crabling. Are you just like clutching onto buffalo's fur with your yes. like clab clab claws? Can you still use buffalo? No, no. He's only he a crab now. Him. Yeah. Click, 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 click. That's all I can do. Yeah, that, that'll be a fun turn, by the way. Help. See what happens. Oh, uh, this is crab sling back. Click, clack, Guess who? Oh wait, no. Never mind. The curse is that you automatically turn into a crab on a one. Which hey, there's your bow is cursed. Heads up. <laughs> And now you know. Speaking of which, I'm gonna die as a crab. Yeah, you do retain. You ha you do have to retain your alignment and personality. So, as a crab, Callista, you were up, and you may only take one action of your choice. I'm sorry, because of your natural one. Oh, Bubble beam. Okay. So I can't move or anything. You can do one. You action. could only move. <laughs> I lose my movement. Mm -hmm. So I was fixing my lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh damn! Oh, oh gosh, what's happening? Oh my gosh, what? Um, so <laughs> let's right. let's say that Dadelaide came up and you were writing the joke down. You're like, shit. Oh, okay, okay, now I'm in. That's really funny. <laughs> Gotta use that one later when I need to make somebody really unhappy. Um, okay, well, I guess I'll just stay right where I am, and I'm going to cast Bane on the giant pile of yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. things. Yeah. What happens is, um, and I like the 
components of this. So it actually, I'm going to use the materials because I can. And the material it takes is a drop of blood. So you cool. see Clissa pull out her dagger and just prick a finger, drop it on the ground. Yeah. And in an Infernal, she's saying basically, You're about to die, you shambling <laughs> bastard pile of rocks and sticks and stuff. Happy birthday to the As far as she can tell from her vantage point, she can't actually see back to where Patch is up the cliff. So as far as she knows, he might still be in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's pretty pissed off. So yeah, cast Bane. Got Bane. it. And what does Bane do again? It makes a save. Yeah. Uh, that is a charisma save, correct? Yes. And actually, I can affect up to three creatures within range. With Ooh! This. Cool. So yeah. it yeah. it uh it is about the least charismatic monster in the entire I monster manual. Be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it fails for sure. Excellent. So it fails. It has to um, for the up to one minute duration of the spell. Roll a d4 and subtract that from the number rolled. And then you want to do or saving throws. And then I will. Um, um, well, of course, I hit the big guy, and then I'm going to take one of the blights off either side. So I'm going to take one of these that's over here behind Adelaide, and one of the ones that's over here beside Arwol to thin the okay. herd a little bit. That is. Oh wow. Yeah, every one of them is baned. Yeah, they are not. They do not talk. They do not have personalities. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring those upside and down. And I said all yes, of that in Infernal, so it sounded. Disgusting. Yeah, you guys see that? And as this happens, you you guys see Callista prick her finger and then start speaking in infernal. All of you are like, what the fuck is she doing? But then you notice this huge thing just like for a second, like like something racks it, but then it stands back up and it like shakes it off and roars out. And then two of these little ones, as they're standing there running around and like trying to flank everybody and basically corral you, you see two of them drop to the ground, just uh, their little humanoid bodies and their brains are racked and then they stand back up and they're shaking it off, but they don't seem uh, to be acting exactly the same as they were before. And Costa uh, is maintaining eye contact with it as best she can determine where its eyes are. Awesome. Staring it down. <laughs> Does anybody have any good Bane puns for Dadelaide? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was a real Bane in the ass. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Calista also writes her own junk. Yeah. Calista <laughs> whispers it in his ear just because you know like the effect it has when Dadelaide says it, and then Dadelaide does say that. He's like, he's like, ooh, that looks like a real bane in the ass. And then he like elbows Adelaide. <laughs> Good comedic timing, Adelaide. <laughs> no bane, no gain. <laughs> oh god. That one was better. So, right? that one was too. Uh, all right, and then this thing is up. He's like, you you merely stand by the grill. I was molded by it. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Fourth of July, everybody. (laughs) This will move up. Who's that? Callista. As it as as you do bane it, it just like crushes this thing once again. You see its head lower, and immediately it sits up, roars, and comes rushing toward you. As it does, it attempts to slam. You see both of its arms come up, and they're just slamming into the ground at you. The first is a twenty-three, and the second is a fourteen. Minus. Ooh, <laughs> that your bane is going to save you from one of these attacks, no matter what. Um, so the first attack turns into a 21, which still hits the second attack. It got a one. It is 13, which does not hit your AC. Thank you. Just barely. By yeah. one. And yeah. I was actually sort of <laughs> hoping it would hit because I would like to, for the first time ever, remember to use my reaction that I have once Hellish per day rebuke. as a tiefling. Nice. Hellish rebuke. <gasps> cool. I point my finger at it and I say, burn, burn you plant bastard. bastard. Once again, in mm-hmm. Infernal. 
And the creature that damaged me is momentarily surrounded by hellish flames. Nice. And it needs to yeah. make a dex throw. You guys see this thing run over to Callista. <laughs> it slams down with one, and it lashes out. And it looks like Callista avoided it just as much as she wanted to. It looks like she got hit on purpose so by that first one. The second one, she sidesteps it as she's saying something. You are going to take 15 bludgeoning damage from this first hit. As I cast Hellish Rebuke, I pass out. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, gotcha, bitch, and then she passes out like face first onto the ground. Yeah. It's gonna make a dexterity saving like, throw. Uh, it's a reaction, so you would have time to do yeah. it. Um, and it makes a dex saving throw. Mm-hmm. That is a twelve. Ha ha! It loses. And then you see these flames, like the smoke comes up from the ground, and then these flames come out. Oh, and did you do the um, D four for that as well? It has to be that on saves as well. As oh saves. yeah, good point. No, I didn't. It but still anyway, fails. It still yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm it. gonna roll two D ten for the fire damage. It's about holy to take. shit. Nice. Please don't roll two ones. <laughs> That's a four and a five. Nine Sorry. fires. Hellish fires. All right. This is the first time anyone's has damaged this thing. Has damaged. Good, good turn, Callista. Good turn for only having one thing to do. So I'm next. This thing hits and hits, but it is... I mean, it is right over top of Callista. Her body is like crumpled underneath it. These flames are shooting up around it. You hear it scream, and as all of this stuff is burning, uh, Dadelaide says, the key is to get a nice charbroil on the outside and patches us up. Nice and juicy on the inside. (laughs) I see Callista bane these things, and I'm like kind of dancing around like, fuck yeah, and then I see her go down. I'm like, aw. (laughs) Um, So... I'm just, I'm still up way up this ledge, um, just kind of like sniper picking these little guys off. So, um, the one that is baned next to Arwol, actually the one that is not baned next to Arwol, um, I am going to attack with my shortbow. Okay. Oh, and I get a sneak attack. Um, that is a 23 to hit. Uh, that hits. Sweet. So, 11... 17, 20 damage. Yo, just just tell us. I mean, I've been flavoring these things because they're kind of small fry, but please tell me how you quintuple this thing's (laughs) HP. It's like bursts into a bunch of like splinters and leaves um, and just like rains down like confetti all over our wall. Nice. In your mouth and stuff, and you guys hear Vernon from you hear Vernon from the farm go, "What in tarnation?" <laughs> as, as like Patch's arrow flies into this, and you see him standing in his door. His eyes are like this big. This huge hill is like shambling over you. These little creatures are running around everywhere and exploding all over his farm. Uh, he runs. He runs back inside, and uh, you guys do not see him any longer. Dadelaide, you're up. Uh, uh, crap. I'm gonna God. do one more sorry, thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, with my. Uh, Fast hands, um, I get to use an item um, also. So I'm going to take one ball bearing and throw it at the... Uh, one? The, just one ball bearing and throw it at the mound and try to hit it to distract it to get it to come over okay, my way. Uh, roll a, just a dex check. Just okay. a regular dex check. Uh, only a dex modifier. Mm, not proficiency. Okay, I'm going to use my inspiration. Versus a nat one. The and the next one is a 13. Uh, yeah, so we'll take the 13 passage. You go to chuck this thing at it, and it just doesn't quite get there. And, like, you throw this thing. I mean, it's like throwing a BB 
like 90 Eevee. feet in oh, front man. of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's what it stands for? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like that. Okay, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. BBs actually stand for ball bearing yeah. in real life. Yeah. Yes. I have to kill myself. Uh. <laughs> oh. Anyway, well, yeah, inspiration, inspiration for me. I learned. Um, so Patches throws this thing, and this little tiny thing. I mean, he really gets it. Have you guys ever thrown a baseball like too hard, and you hurt your elbow a little bit and your shoulder, and you're like, God, that's what you do. It doesn't hurt. Like, doesn't take real damage or anything. But you got to chuck this thing real hard, and it's still just. Uh, it's hard to get that thing all the way over there. Sorry, Patches. Crab guy. No, I thought I was on deck. Adelaide, I marked it off already, and yeah. <gasps> Adelaide, you're up. Me and the Adelaides are going to position ourselves in a position where we can face a position. these blights and the shambling mound. And I'm going to try my very cool new spell that I have no idea what it does. It it's just... a second level spell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have the slot? I do. Okay. I only have two second level spell slots. But I'm just making sure you didn't yeah. blow them in the left. Oh, you couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but now I have this new power coursing through my veins and I feel the frost maiden in my head and I thank her for this new power and I say this is for you and I cast Oral's Flowers on all these creatures. As you go to cast this, you realize you guys see that soil coming up from the ground. These little droplets on the top of it like and you see them starting to form and float around. Adelaide, as this is happening, you realize what a little bit more of this spell. And as you're realizing it, you're realizing that that moisture is moving to a place. And as you focus that magical energy in your patron, you realize that you can push it to a place. It is uh, it is a 20-foot space, so four squares. Four squares. Four squares. Okay, so on the Shambling Mound, then. As this happens, I need you, since it is the first time you're using this spell, to make an, Ar- uh, an Arcana check. 21. Wow, yeah, and so as this is happening, you guys see this moisture coming up, and you see Adelaide, and as she does, her eyes narrow, and you see the air even around her fingers, you can see it starting to trail, the moisture in the air past her fingers, and as she does, all this moisture gathers around this thing, and then really quickly just gets sucked into the ground, and then all of a sudden, these eye shards just like up through this thing, and it's like piercing through it as, Oh yeah, it definitely fails its deck saving throw. And all these ice shards just pierce through its body from underneath it. That's my girl's flowers. <laughs> yeah, fire and ice. This is the song of fire and ice. <laughs> you can roll uh, 3d8 uh, for this damage as it just shoots up underneath this thing. Does anyone want to blow on it? <laughs> oh, nice. Two eights and a seven. 23. Yeah, as these shards shoot up through this thing, it roars out and they really quickly melt. And as it melts, you notice that that water is poured all over this thing and then it freezes again on it and its movements are slowed for just one round. It's gonna have disadvantage on pretty much everything. Nice. Yeah, feel free to rattle that stuff down. Volna being up sees, uh, she sees Adelaide come up and use Oriole's flowers like walking up really confidently. You see the air swirling around Adelaide as she's freezing this moisture around this beast. And as, as this is happening, Volna looks over to you, Adelaide. She stops. She has that green ichor, and she's looking really intense, and that spell happens, and she looks over at you. And she looks confused and impressed, and she says, Oriel's kiss, a spell said to be lost to time. Interesting. We'll talk later. And as she says this, <laughs> there's a twig blight standing behind her, and she reaches her hand behind it, and you see this flame Uh, like start to circle around her hand and she just really quickly shoots this small bolt at it. Yeah, that hits. Oh, and it goes like 
over this thing and it hisses and it gets down and you hear its branches creaking. Do you see a little smolder on this twig? Oh. <laughs> it does not kill it. Crab Maybe on the buffalo was, is up. Crab on a buffalo, you're up. So, <laughs> if this was like a movie scene where this battle was happening, please. All of this crazy chaos is happening, and then it would just have a very quiet moment where it would start to zoom in on the nape of Buffalo's <laughs> net back, and you just hear, and you just see this little crab like crawl up on the hair, just kind of looking around, and then he just starts crawling down the Buffalo's back, and you just hear, make him my way downtown, walking fast, and I'm homebound, and the little crab's walking around, or walking around, and you see him look over, and you just see Callista go. Burn you hellish bastard and get hit and then fall down and the crab's like <laughs> He's making his way down the buffalo's back and then he's like looking over here and she's like a spell lost of time we'll talk later and the crab's like And so the crab just looks up at Buffalo, a friend he once knew and pinches his ass as hard as he fucking can to try to trigger his charge move towards his thing, um, which is directly in front of him. Uh, I am going to get you to roll your... Uh, what is what is your wisdom as a crab? It's minus one. I need you to roll a wisdom. 18. So you see this little crab just like walking sideways across Buffalo and it disappears around the back of it and then you just hear and you hear Buffalo like just like charge forward like straight toward this thing and you see Buffalo galloping his horns are down and he's like bucking and trying to get away from this thing. Uh, roll your charge attack for Buffalo. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> I'll give you inspiration for that. That was oh, fun. Thank you very much. Though. So nine. Oh, jeez. I'll use my inspiration. Okay, use your crab inspiration. 12, 13. And so Buffalo runs up to this thing, and as it does, this thing just like you, you see its you see its arm reach down and grab Buffalo's horns. It was still a really fun turn. Thanks. You see it reach down and grab <laughs> Buffalo's horns and just like move him to the side. This whole thing happens, and like it would be nice if Buffalo had hit, but still a really interesting scene to watch unfold. Arwell, you are up. Before I do this, can I roll a quick Arcana and see if I know if it's like a cone or a line or whatever from my fire breath? Yeah, yeah, definitely roll for that. <laughs> 17. Yeah, you absolutely know what fire breath <laughs> does. <laughs> After drinking this potion, you can use a bonus action to exhale fire at a target within 30 feet of you. That target must make a dexterity saving throw, taking 4d6 fire damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. And you can either use this, you can use this three times within an hour. So you have an hour and it lasts that long or until you've, you've used it three times. Just one target. Yeah. Got it. Um, as a bonus action. Cool. All right, so... Did I, I say that? You said bonus action. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> right? Because um, breathing, you're doing that anyway. Yeah. Cool. Well, then, um, all right, so I'm going to uh, look to the creature beside me, the little needle spine thing. And for my action, I'm going to cast Firebolt on it. And I'm rolling in at 20. No way, did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so dude. I mean, feel free to roll damage yeah, yeah, if you want to know yeah. your flavor. <laughs> uh, 17 damage. I'm going to, kind of with my glove from the bottom of the ground, I'm just going to, like, pull the Firebolt up from the ground. Oh! And just kind of split it in half. That's cool. And then I'm... Um, I'm gonna lean forward and just shoot. Oh, that's cool. You guys see little Arwell? He leans forward, his beard and hair are <laughs> blowing backwards as he like goes to blow a kiss at this thing and then just this 
it flame just like pours out of his mouth and it lights the air all around you. And you guys feel a little bit like you're back on the elemental plane of fire just for a moment. <laughs> you see, you can see Arwell in this too because you still have that cloak of non-detection and invisibility on. So yeah. it's flapping behind him and you see this fire coming <laughs> out of it, his gloves standing outside of it. Yeah. Uh, and this thing has to make a dexterity saving throw. The opposite of blowing out a birthday candle. Against uh, my spell save? Uh, no, it's against the set spell save for okay. potions. Um, so it's 13, but it does save, okay. but it's going to take half damage. Okay. It doesn't get out of it completely. 4d8? 4d6. Um, does the big guy have disadvantage? Advantage because of me. Need. He does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, the save means he needs to make to subtract a D four. Oh, that's a three. <laughs> so does full he damage. Full damage. The ice cracks on his yeah. skin, and it. You see him go to move quickly, and then his like you can tell his body's not doing what he wants, and then on top of that, you can see this like black smoke-like ichor from that bane coming off of him, and then this flame just engulfs this shambling mound in front of all of you. Oh wow! Sixteen and three. Fifteen damage. And for my oh, movement, I am. Right. Moving back. I'll say this, Orwell. Mm-hmm. Really cool. As you breathe this fire out, you see this thing standing there, and like it's made out of all these green plants and vines and wood, and you're expecting it to just be lit on fire as you come out. But as soon as you pull that breath in and your fire's gone, it seems like it hasn't touched this thing. Like it seems like it's burned a bit and it's scorched a little, but it hasn't taken the full effect you'd think it would on a plant. Okay. Sealer seeing Arwell go after this thing, he's pushing these bolts into this same weird contraption he has. He's pulling that metal back and he's wrenching something into place. He's doing it really quickly and really efficiently, but he still has to be in the prone position and it takes his entire turn to do it. So uh, as he screams out, he's just like, keep it at bay, friends. I'm coming. I'm almost ready. Um, and he's like, ooh, um, <laughs> sorry about the wording. I'll work on it. I'm still trying to sound as cool as all the things you guys are saying. <laughs> all of the remaining twig blights will attack. The first one will walk up to Volna. Uh, it does not hit her. This over, this one over here will uh, go after Adelaide. That is, oh yeah, Adelaide's. It's a 14. Meets beats. Okay. That's an at one, so it definitely hits Adelaide, Adelaide. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so this thing comes out, and it just, like, goes to hit, and it's, it seems like it's just wailing out, like, it no, through no conscious or intellectual thought, but you were going to take five bludgeoning damage. This thing just went, like... I can take it. Grip my teeth. There's one more, and it is going to attempt to attack Buffalo, but it does not. It does a really bad job, and Bane makes it even worse. Callista, mm-hmm. you are up. Passes your own deck soon. I guess I'm making a death saving death throw. Save. Calista's on the ground. Ain't Ooh. looking good, y'all. You got this. I'm just laying there. Oh, uh, I don't add anything to that, do I? No. That's a 10. That's a success. That's a safe. Right? Or is that? 10 or above. 10 or above. 10 or above is a safe. Yeah. So you save. You guys see Calista, like, th- just what she did was so cool. <laughs> and she smiles in her sleep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I passed out with a grin on my face. Calista, you you might be slipping deeper into the abyss, but then you hear Dadelaide say, practice makes perfect, and you're like, <laughs> you're like oh, he's right, and you're like trying to pull it's yourself so back yeah, into yeah. this. I need to write this down. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, he's talking about burgers. Such okay. good advice. And as this is happening, this shambling mound, yeah, it's going to run up to Callista, and as she's sitting on the ground, this thing... Sitting. Uh, right, is swinging at her. I'm not leisuring. I'm passed out. The first is a natural 20, as this thing pulls up and over her, and it just brings this root down on top of her. Uh, so the first one is, I mean, the first one is 
26 damage. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. It, Adelaide's turn has not come back up yet. So he gets disadvantage, so it rolls normally, and its first hit is not gonna hit you. Okay, okay. She's not dead. <sighs> I forgot that yeah, Oral's, Oral's oh, flowers gave right, a disadvantage, right, and it has Bane, yeah. and with those two, it will not hit Callista. Oh my god. <laughs> Jonathan was like, good thing I'm in the bathroom peeing already. I heard you gasp from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the, second, the second is... The second is a 16, which will hit. Man, though, but getting rid of that natural 20 seriously yeah. saved your life. Yeah, like, like, you would have died. You would have yeah. died. Um, that is, it's 10 bludgeoning damage as it comes down with this okay. other arm. It just, it seems to miss at first, maybe because these flames are everywhere and it seems confused. It's trying to figure out where this fire is coming from. But that bane and that ice that is covering its body seems to have it distracted and held back just a bit. But then it does manage to slam one down into you. So that is an automatic failure. So you have a fail and a success okay. and you're going to take 10 damage. <laughs> Not dead, but still in a pretty tight spot. Not great. So you go to negative damage? More, if you go into negative more than your total, you die. Yeah. Uh, Patches is up. Crabalade is after that. Um, I see what's happening to Callista. Crabalade. <laughs> and I'm just like, come here, you fucker. Um, and I'm going to shoot it with my bow with a sneak attack. That's an 18 to hit. 18 hits? Yes. 10 damage. Nice. You guys see oh, this? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. 11, 14, 15 damage. Woo! Good job. Damn, Patches. So you guys see Patches like scream out as he sees Callista go down. He rips this arrow back and launches it and it just hits right in the back of this thing's neck, like deep into those vines. And you guys hear him all yelling out, what did you say? You Come here, fucker. fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide, you were up. Crabalade, you were on deck. Mm-hmm. Adelaide's going to Eldritch Blast's shambling mound. And Adelaide's like, I should I should have I should have saved that pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have, Adelaide. Fifteen to hit? A 15 hits. All right. 1d10 force plus my charisma. That's a 10 plus 4, 14. Yeah, and as this is coming out, you see Adelaide's finger come in front of her oh, over wait. Callista. Can I, so uh, it's force damage. So oh, as I cast it, it busts it into the chest, and then the, the ice on it starts to crack off. And yeah, and off. you see it sparkling all around it in this sunlight, and as this wind is blowing around it and you see it just like screaming and roaring above Callista with this arrow like so pissed off that she's missing this oh yeah and this arrow is stuck like you can see it just like from out of nowhere it seems like you'll see Patches still way up on the ledge way far away from you but you see this arrow nail it and as it rears up to roar Adelaide sees its chest exposed and just slams this eldritch blast into it doing 14 damage correct Mm -hmm. and the ice shatters off of it and glistens around it and Adelaide's like this is a real eldritch blast because <laughs> he doesn't have any other puns for this. Um, I just shout, get away from my friend, you fucker. Crabble is up. I would like to release my pinchers from the left butt cheek of Buffalo. And then I'd like to crawl over to the right butt cheek of Buffalo. We're doing this again. <laughs> and pinch that to see if it will scare him into kind of chasing his tail. But he will actually run this way in a nautilus fashion in a circular motion and hit the backside of the hill thing. So you're trying to pinch Buffalo to change his directory so he spins back around and hits the thing. Because if he looks right, right around, if I can't, if I, <laughs> right, you've know, got his hair under his chef hat. If I pinch his left butt cheek, then he's going to look back and maybe start to try to run around this way. This will be a harder roll, but I still like it. <laughs> 
same roll. Nat 20. Bullshit. Oh, yes. <laughs> Buffalo rolled a 19. <laughs> I am, with a nat 20, I'm gonna say that attack hits, because uh, I would hate not to give that to you. And you guys hear Dadelaide go, this is not that crab's first rodeo. And, uh, <laughs> and Buffalo comes careening back around, and you just see this crab going back and forth from Buffalo's ass cheeks, like trying to direct him. Like, dude, like, evan- like Evangelion or like Ratatouille or something. And, like, and you see Buffalo going to just roll the damage for Gore. Charge and Gore, right. Oh, so please. Gore plus a d6. Okay. That's nine total. It is four. So 13. So, 13. This crab is like surprisingly helpful because you do <laughs> like <laughs> this crab. This, I like I kind of hate how much this worked out. <laughs> um, this is what happens. But when anyway, you say like, with Caleb yeah, no <laughs> joke. This is how we ended our. This is almost quite literally how we ended our last campaign. Was him being Were like, I don't know this. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Volna is standing the dice here. This is the best dice. This, this. Thanks, Tabletop Loot. Thanks, Tabletop Loot, for the dice that keeps rolling fucking nat 20s for my players. Go to the, uh, tabletoploot.com and the code HitDicePod at checkout, get 15% off. Volna sees this twig blight behind her, and with the firebolt, she just throws it at this thing. It is getting on her nerves. And as she does, yeah, she destroys this thing just into like a little ball behind her, finally. It took two attacks, but she finally gets it, and then this time you just hear her growl, and she goes, stay down, as she destroys this thing. Arwul is up. I am concerned about Callista. Well, I can just make it to her in my movement, and I'm going straight up to the Shambler, even though I've held. And um, I am pouring a health potion into your mouth, as I breathe fire onto it with my bonus action. You have to get the potion out. So that's a bonus action to get the potion out. Okay, so taking it out isn't... Yeah, it's not a free action unless you're Patches. Mm, I'm gonna go back to Redlands. I thought that was like... I thought a full turn was taking it out and drinking. No. Okay. Uh, you have to take it out and then the okay. standard action is drinking it. And what's the range of my fire breath? Uh, 30 feet. 30 feet? Oh, I can still reach it. <laughs> All right, and then, so I guess instead I'm just going to fire breath it again. Okay. For my bonus action, I'll start there. <sighs> yeah, it fails. <laughs> no, so I'm sorry, sorry. Um, for my action then, for now, I'm going to pull out the red corundum and energize my fire breath. Okay. So You're is low. it 5d6? Uh, oh, it would be 8d6. Yes. So you essentially are negating its resistance to fire that you noticed earlier. Thank you. 31. Holy shit! <laughs> and so Arwul just like pulls out, He's you see him like, he goes to breathe and he goes and pulls in that breath and then you see him pause and he holds it in and then he reaches in and- Puts a little finger up. And then I think ahead and then I pull out the red chronum and I like pull energy through my glove and charge my focus and then just let it And out. you guys see where there was this small streak of fire before it just looked like an arrow shot and you could see the echoes of its light. This is like an inferno, just like as it explodes out. And even though this thing, Arwul has noticed it has some sort of resistances to fire, it is com- it is not hit by this hard, it is completely engulfed. And as it is engulfed, it is 
I mean, 31 is a lot with resistance or not. Nah. So like, good turn, that was a lot. And as you burn this thing, it does hit the ground, and it just, when it hits the ground, and you notice those skeletons that were in it fall out of it. And it doesn't like go prone or anything, but you do notice it falter for just a moment, and then roar out at all of you. You see these tree stump teeth and stones for teeth that it has roar out. Um, and then for the rest of my movement, I'm gonna back up. It's a bonus action, I hate that. <laughs> for the rest of my, well, not the rest, but more or less the rest of my movement, I'm gonna back up 15 feet. Um, and uh, shout out to Volna to help Adelaide, or sorry, Callista. Roll a persuasion for me. Sure. 12. I'll let you know what happens on her turn. Okay. Seolus pulls that strange contraption back up on his leg. He's like, I'm getting the hang of it, friends. Give me just a moment. Seolus. And so his first <laughs> one like sinks into this thing. Is it? it it compromises for just a second. You see this bolt just like right into the side of its neck. The other one sails wide over it and it hits a cliff like right underneath you patches. And then the other one sinks into its leg. And as it does, you see these fizzles come out of two of the bolts and just boom, like off the side of this thing. It shakes and catches itself, but the rocks underneath you patches, they like shake and they move this mountain as you're standing there. I need you to make a quick deck saving throw for me. 15. 15 saves. Patches, you're able to, like, you see it coming. You've seen these explode before. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, you put your back up against the back of this plateau that you're on. And as you do uh, this... Mesa. A mesa. <laughs> and as you do, you were just able to steady yourself up here. But then oh, the other yeah. two explode on this thing. And the first one does two... Four damage. The second one... Eight does nine damage. So he does a total of 13 as these explode nice. in the side of this creature and it fumbles over to the side. It's, uh, as far as you guys can tell, the, its vines are starting to snap apart. You're able to start like ripping these vines and these muscles. You're not just like scorching and burning them, but they're like hanging down from it and dragging the ground. And you see it roaring out. There are still a few of these strange little creatures around. One is going to run up to Buffalo, and so is the other. Adelaide, you are going to get an attack of opportunity on the one that runs from you, but it seems like they're trying to get around and protect. Ah, uh, it doesn't hit. And as they come around, they are going to attempt to hit Buffalo. Uh, what's Buffalo's AC, 11? Uh, 11. Uh, the first is a hit, the second is a natural 20. So the first one is going to do three bludgeoning damage to Buffalo. The second one is Seven more bludgeoning damage to buffaloes. These two things are coming around just like smacking buffalo with their weird little arms. In the hair. As these last two twig blights are just like wailing on you, Callista is going to make another death saving throw. She is still on the ground. Yep, just laying there. 17. 17 is a pass. You are one step closer. You heard another Dadelaide pun and you were like, there is so, so much Give to live life. for. Literally. Comedy gold <laughs> must wake up. This big shambling thing looks over to Arwul and noticing his distance turns to Buffalo and slams these two enormous arms down into him. The first is a hit, the second is a hit, and as he does this, Buffalo is likely gonna go down. Uh, that is 12 damage on the first one. 17 damage on the second one. Ooh, yeah, he's down. And Buffalo goes unconscious, and as he does, you guys see this form just wrap over him. Guy, you are also 
going to be considered engulfed by this. So guy and buffalo, guy being a crab on buffalo's ass is going to be engulfed on this thing. Buffalo goes unconscious. Did you do the math for it? 39 total. He's, I was just adding up all the damage. So it's 39 total damage and he's 25 dead. HP. He's not dead. He's so not negative dead. 14. Yeah. Right. So if he gets to negative 25, he is dead, but this thing is engulfing him. And you see this body, it changes its shape. It changes into this round dome, and you see it start to contract over Buffalo and over Guy. And it doesn't seem to be paying attention to any of the rest of you. Um, Guy, for what it's worth, you cannot see anything it is pitch black as this thing comes over you in buffalo you are restrained and what is strangest is you are unable to breathe all of your oxygen is cut off as you saw those skeleton arms inside of this thing and hanging out of it it is slowly starting to pull you into its body through these vines and starting to crush you and you can feel that pressure beginning to build around you and buffalo patch as you were up i'm gonna yell out i'll do it again now that it can speak Maybe I'll just yell in Infernal, because fuck it. And in Infernal, say, I said, come here. <laughs> um, and sneak attack it again. It's a 17 to hit. That's a hit. Six, nine, 13 damage. What the fuck? Dude, rogues suck. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, as you hit this thing, you do notice some more vines snap. This arrow just tears through them, and you see these vines beginning to snap. As this thing is just engulfing guy and buffalo I mean really like Randy the Macho Man Savage it's just like its whole body becomes a different shape it's no longer this humanoid or bestial shape it's just a round like perfectly spherical shape that is completely encompassing crab guy and buffalo hey crab guy hey it's crab guy crab guy Adelaide's up crab guy is on deck this is I'm gonna also shout get away from my friends and uh, shoot Eldritch Blast again this would be fun. 19 to hit. 19 hits. Blow open a hole. Six damage. Six damage. And as you do this six damage, this thing is still just crushing guy and buffalo. It looks like it is on its last leg, but these things, it's like vines and its arms are all becoming, like they're coming apart, but it's still keeping this tight vacuum of pressure over them and its whole body is encroaching on them. Crab guy, you are up, and at the end of the turn, you are going to take the effects of engulf. Uh, it's what it's doing to him now. Okay. Uh, is the buffalo's mouth open? Buffalo is hella unconscious, but like, you can't tell. You could crawl up to it. It's pitch black in here. You have, you cannot see. I'm gonna crawl in the buffalo's mouth. You crawl up to buffalo's mouth. It is open. I'm in it. I crawl down buffalo's throat. Okay. Cry guy climbs into buffalo's throat and goes down it, and as engulf happens. This thing just crushes down on you. And you all see this the weight of this body just... And you can see the ground crush underneath it. And you feel the air get sucked from your lungs as it pulls it out of the air. Guy will give you inspiration for that. What was Buffalo's health at? Um, negative 14. So, Guy, as you are inside of Buffalo's mouth, you feel the pressure of this thing come down. And you feel this really strange vibration on Buffalo's tongue. And you realize that it is a death rattle as it comes out of his mouth, and you feel Buffalo's whole body just go limp underneath of this thing, and you hear this like, and like as this thing just squeezes the last bit of air out of his lungs, Buffalo's entire body goes limp, his legs are crushed, his horns are broken. Uh, You are literally sitting inside of his mangled body right now. Buffalo! This is the weirdest shit, though. 
Uh, Volna's up, and as she sees this happening, she tears out. She pulls her hand up and throws it at this thing, but it her firebolt misses completely over this thing as it is engulfing buffalo. Actually, it's fire, so it would just like bounce off of this thing. Uh, Arwul, you are up. I'm distraught. Um, I am, for my regular action, I am having Ori use shocking grasp on the non baned needle spine thing. Uh huh. 14. No, 14? sorry, 13. 13 also hits. Okay, perfect. Six damage on the uh, needle spine. It's dead. dead? Okay, cool. So it, I'm gonna have Ori just sweep by. Um, and then just shock it and it just splinters. Yeah. And then I'm gonna move forward 10 feet. Oh, nice, because it's a bonus action. And then with my bonus action, I'm gonna just, yeah, hold that red corundum again and just so like, that resolute tear. <laughs> just, yeah. Use my last You all, yeah, you all just, hear this last move of Buffalo just like escape his lungs and throat like, as this thing just like crushes his body into the ground. Arwul comes up and you see Ori fly past him as he's running up and he's holding his hand over his mouth like Naruto style. And he goes to blow out. This thing succeeds, but with the red corundum, you're still gonna roll 8d6 and it's gonna take half. 26 or 13. Uh, 13. Arwell, how do you kill this thing? I, yeah, I've gotten used to my fire breath at this point, and I'm going to, yeah, just... It's your last fire breath. See, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as much as I can, focus it and shape it, which I know, but, like, try to blow open just one section so air can get into yeah. Buffalo and Guy. Um, so, yeah, just kind of just crush yeah. it to a hole. Yeah, you crush a yeah. hole into this thing, and this air just, once the fire is done eating this air up, it comes back into your strange little crab gills guy, which feels really strange to you, but you're just this little sad crab inside of Buffalo's mouth. As you do, you see Buffalo's body is just decimated inside of this thing. Like, blood is coming out of mm-hmm. orifices, legs are crushed, head is sideways. It does not look good. This air returns. You guys do not see the crab as this is happening. There's one more needle blight left, and as it comes up, Sealris is just reloading that arrow, and this needle blight is going to run as quickly as it can over to Arwul. It is Bane, I believe? Yes. It is. My AC-16. It does not hit Arwul, and as this is happening, Callista needs to make a death saving throw. <sighs> I mean, I'm okay for a minute. That's fine. This is fine. Um, okay. Which is three successes. Which means you are stable. You are still at zero. You are unconscious. But you guys see Callista as those breaths are rattling. Like, stabilize. Finally. Patches, you are up. I am just grateful to be alive and not a crab. I'm kind of like surveying the scene. I see the one little blight run over to Arwell, and I'm going to shoot it with sneak attack. It's a... 14 to hit. 14 hits? Yes. Uh, 7, 8, 10 damage. How do you kill the last of these needle blights? Just like before, it's standing right next to Arwell. It's in a, like, splinters and leaves and just confetti all over him, all over again. (laughs) So this thing explodes, and you all are standing around. You all are out of combat. I want to immediately run over to Buffalo and um, use... Like, put my glove, <laughs> like, 
where its heart would be. Oh, and see Zez. if I can. Yeah, see if I can just restart his heart. Okay. Just like try to. You're like, trying to do shocking grasp. Yeah. Okay. His, like, his legs heart. are. Broken yeah, you're trying to give him a heart massage. I know, but you're trying yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to bring up Neon Genesis again, but you're trying yeah. to give him a heart massage. Yeah, exactly. This is medicine. 14 for medicine. Uh, yeah, with the 14, you know where that heart would be. Um, guy, your AC is... That does not hit. So, oh, you're a crab AC. Oh, I'm dead. So I'm as this courses through you, I need you to roll shock and grasp damage for me. Four damage. So four is two times as much as a crab has for hit points. And as this thing shocks through, Buffalo does not come back to life. Guy, you take two. When you cast Polymorph, if you attack the amount yeah. of HP it has, you lose four HP, but you revert to your form because yeah. the original one has been killed. So Guy, you are like yeah. back, and you are sitting in like, <laughs> Buffalo's mouth is like wrapped around one of your feet, but his body is still just sitting there like mangled in front of all of you with this really strange grassy and viney and like tree-like hill just oh, sitting around God. you guys. Oh, no, do D&D. This is too stressful. We <laughs> almost lost three players. Oh my God. <laughs> because oh. Buffalo counts. <laughs> it definitely counts. Should we bring him to a cleric? No. Clarets. Cleric. It's up to Guy. Yeah, guy's back. Yeah, guy is I'm conscious. I'm going to handle you. Yeah, I just look at Buffalo dead and I'm like, he has a matter of time. You're cool about this guy? Ranger like? Oh no. <laughs> no, it's just a matter of time. And you guys see Vernon, he walks up. He has a satchel and he holds it out in front of you. Um, and as he's holding the satchel out in front of you, he walks over to Guy and he places his hand on your shoulder. He puts it in your lap and he says, uh, That was one hell of a beast, friend. This gold, it ain't worth it. And it's a shame he's gone. But he seemed like a good companion. Uh, it's all yours. And he he like drops it in your lap. He like smacks you on the back hard one time. Uh, and he stands up and he's like, if I've learned anything, it's uh, good beasts are hard to come by and good friends are harder to come by. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope someday that you're able to find one that's the same. Yeah. I just uh, throw the goal on the ground. Let's kind of walk away. Okay, you guys see Guy, he like takes the gold off his lap and like sets it over on the ground and he gets up and he just starts to walk away and as everybody's just... I, I don't think it's going to do anything, but I'm going to take the soil from my little vial mm-hmm. and put it into his mouth. Yeah, and just, you, you pop the cork yeah, on this yeah, and you I'm open his mouth? Not even hoping for anything, but I'm sorry. Yeah, and you pour it in and as you do, you see his mouth just, Buffalo's mouth just falls to the side and you see this blood start to come out of it. And you pour this dirt into it and it soaks into that dirt, but it, the dirt just falls out of his mouth. And it's like really obviously lifeless, like how easily you're able to control his jaws and like how you're pouring this dirt in that uh, Buffalo is far gone and Buffalo is very dead. Vernon, mm-hmm. Um I pick do up you the think, gold. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that we could bury... Buffalo on your nicely tilled land. As we end the episode, Vernon turns around, uh, he lowers his head, and says, it'll be the last favor he ever does for anybody. He'll fertilize our land. One day the guy on the buffalo Chase me. Oh no, I better just turn around and chase him back. Cause guess what?